0: and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Friday, December 8th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. We'll begin today's show with the latest from Gaza and a new effort by the UN General Secretary to bring about a ceasefire by invoking a rarely used power. Later, the Venezuelan government launches a crackdown on political opponents as tensions over its border with Guyana continue to grow. And the UK is accusing Russia's security services of a sustained cyber hacking campaign, targeting politicians and other public figures. Finally. In today's Back of the Brief, and staying on the topic of cyber shenanigans, North Korean hackers may have stolen classified information on a new laser weapon system critical for South Korean defense. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. Israeli forces continued their operations across southern Gaza, engaging with Hamas in raids conducted in the Jabalia refugee camp and in the urban center of Khan Yunis. Israeli Defense Forces remain on the hunt for the terror group's top leaders, Yahya Sinwar and Mohammed Deef. Meanwhile, the IDF have accused Hamas of launching rocket attacks from within humanitarian zones in Gaza. Now these zones have been established to provide civilians with a safe haven amidst the conflict. You'll recall that the UN and the international community in general has spent the past weeks criticizing Israel for planning and and now engaging in southern Gaza without adequately thinking of creating these safe zones or havens for the Palestinian residents and those who fled south during the earlier IDF operations in the north. Now, it will be interesting to see if the UN and the international community have any criticism for Hamas for now using those same safe zones and havens from which to launch their attacks. The IDF reported two distinct rocket assaults, including a significant barrage targeting Beersheba, emanating from areas designated as non combat zones or safe zones. At the same time, in northern Israel, Hezbollah is escalating its attacks. On Thursday, militants killed an Israeli civilian by firing an anti tank missile at his vehicle near the Lebanese border. In response, the IDF executed airstrikes against multiple Hezbollah targets in southern Lebanon. Now, these strikes targeted a variety of Hezbollah infrastructure, including rocket launch sites and observation posts, as part of Israel's retaliation against the Iranian-backed group. Amidst these escalating tensions, United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres took an extraordinary step on Wednesday. He formally alerted the UN Security Council of a global threat posed by the Gaza conflict by invoking what's known as Article 99 of the UN Charter. Now, This rarely used authority enables the UN leader to bring any issue deemed as a threat to international peace and security before the Security Council. And this is the first time that Guterres has employed Article 99 since his appointment as Secretary General in 2017. In his letter to the members of the U.N. Security Council, Guterres urged a collective call to end the conflict, describing the two months of warfare as having caused, quote, appalling human suffering, physical destruction, and collective trauma across Israel and the occupied Palestinian territory. Now, this is legitimately a rare event for the U.N. The last formal use of Article 99 was was more than three decades ago during the Lebanese Civil War. Now, apparently, the almost two-year war ongoing in Ukraine as a result of Putin's invasion hasn't met the UN Secretary's bar for, quote, appalling human suffering, physical destruction, and collective trauma. I'm sure the fact that Russia is one of the five permanent members of the UN Security Council has nothing to do with Guterres' thinking. Interestingly, over the course of the UN's existence, only 50 nations have never been elected to serve a two-year term as one of the non-permanent members of the 15-member Security Council. And Israel is in that group. The 15-member Council is scheduled to convene today to deliberate on a resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Now this move has sparked criticism from Israel. Israeli Ambassador to the UN Gilad Erdogan, lambasted Guterres, labeling his letter, quote, a new moral low. Erdogan accused the UN Secretary General of employing Article 99 solely to exert pressure on Israel. Similarly, Israel's foreign minister condemned Guterres, accusing him of supporting Hamas and calling for his resignation. He further stated that Guterres' leadership at the UN poses, quote, a danger to world peace. Alright, when we return, an update on the escalating crisis between Venezuela and Guiana as the Maduro regime cracks down on its domestic opposition, go figure, a leftist dictator cracking down on the opposition. What will we see next? And a massive cyber hacking campaign by Russia is uncovered in the UK. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, we made it through winter. Look at that. And spring, well, it's in full bloom, which of course means summer is just around the corner. You see how I figured that out? And that means more time spent outdoors, not to mention... You got to get into summer shape, huh? Factor can help you spend less time in the kitchen and make sure you're eating well and meeting your wellness goals. Factor's no prep, no mess meals save time and help with getting and keeping you in great shape for summer, thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time. and it's a complete time saver. Head to factormeals.com slash pdb50, that's five zero, and use code PDB50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PDB50 at factormeals.com slash pdb50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify
0: we return to our ongoing coverage of the escalating crisis in South America following Venezuela's recent referendum to annex a large portion of neighboring Guiana. As we discussed earlier this week on the PDB, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro took definitive steps to enforce this referendum on Tuesday when he ordered the country's state-owned companies to immediately start exploiting Guyana's rich deposits of oil and minerals in the region of Esquivel. Officials in Guiana responded Wednesday by beefing up their own security measures in the oil-rich region. They also reached out to the United Nations Security Council and the U.S. military for assistance. Now, the U.N. said that they will hold a closed-door meeting on Friday to discuss the issue, while U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on Wednesday pledged, quote, unwavering support for Guiana in the face of Maduro's aggression. In a show of unity, the U.S. joined Guiana in a joint military exercise along their border on Thursday. Now, as a reminder, Venezuela's claim over the Esquibo region is rooted in a territorial dispute that goes back to Spanish colonial times. The area that Maduro is attempting to grab constitutes two-thirds of Guiana's landmass, about the size of the nation of Greece or the U.S. state of Georgia for comparison purposes. And it houses about one sixth of Guyana's total population. Now, while leaders in Venezuela have long coveted the territory, the controversy was reignited after ExxonMobil discovered massive deposits of oil in the region in 2015. The discovery propelled Guyana's economy into one of the fastest growing in the world, much to the apparent irritation and envy of their neighbors in Venezuela. It's worth noting, however, that Venezuela is hardly united behind Maduro's aggressive push to seize control of the territory. We recently noted on the PDB an Associated Press report that indicated very low voter turnout for the referendum, despite the Maduro regime claiming that some 10.5 million voters turned out. There was also dissent among the country's opposition leaders, prompting an authoritarian crackdown on Wednesday led by Venezuela's top prosecutor. So the Attorney General, under Maduro's orders, leveled charges of conspiracy and treason against a dozen opposition members, including the former leader of the National Assembly and campaign staffers of presidential candidate Maria Corina Mercado. The Attorney General claims they conspired against the referendum, using cryptocurrencies to mask their financial efforts to sway the results of the vote, though no evidence substantiating those claims was presented. Opposition leaders argued that the poor voter turnout for the referendum was a, quote, monumental defeat for the Maduro regime. Maduro has given foreign oil companies working in Eskibokiana three months to withdraw their operations and has proposed establishing a military unit to oversee security in the region. In the face of international condemnation, however, it remains unclear how Maduro will choose to proceed. Okay, shifting our focus to domestic U.S. as well as ally U.K. security concerns, we're learning more about Russia's years-long cyber hacking campaign against the U.S. and the U.K., aimed at sowing discord in Western democratic institutions. The U.S. Justice Department released an indictment Thursday against two Russian operatives who, they said, targeted former and current high-ranking U.S. officials, stealing valuable intelligence regarding U.S. national security. The theft also included hacks of email accounts tied to officials within the U.S. Department of Energy giving the hackers access to U.S. nuclear energy secrets, according to a report by CNN. The indictment noted that the intelligence, quote, would be particularly valuable to the Russian government's efforts to engage in malign foreign influence, end quote. The U.S. indictment named the hackers as Alexandrovich Periyatko, an officer with Russia's FSB, and Andrei Stanislavovich Kornets, an IT expert. The two men, who live in Russia, were also hit with targeted sanctions from the U.S. Treasury Department. The State Department offered $10 million to anyone providing information identifying the hacker's present location, that's $10 million. So if you happen to know where Andrei or Alexandrovich are right now check in with the U.S. Treasury Department and the State Department. The pair allegedly conducted hundreds of targeted hacks against politicians, civil servants, academics, and journalists in the U.S. and the U.K. They engaged in deep research of their targets, creating false accounts that masqueraded as trusted friends of the victims. Now, U.S. and U.K. officials condemned the Putin regime's cyber espionage operation on Thursday, including substantial efforts by the hackers To interfere in the 2019 UK general election by leaking documents related to US UK trade negotiations. UK Foreign Secretary David Cameron called the hacking campaign completely unacceptable. Well, that's very diplomatic, isn't it? And promised to hold Russia to account for its actions. British leaders issued an official summons to the Russian ambassador to the UK on Thursday to answer for his country's sustained cyber attacks on Western democracies. Now, Russia's cyber operations are vast, and campaigns targeting Western officials will undoubtedly continue. Officials in the U.S. have warned that Russian and Chinese influence operations are gearing up ahead of the 2024 U.S. presidential election. Alright, coming up in the back of the brief, South Korean officials are sounding the alarm over North Korean hackers. I'll be right back.
1: Silencer Shop guarantees an exceptional experience with their top-notch customer service, unbeatable prices and renowned submission simplicity and accuracy. They partner with over 6,000 local gun stores nationwide to ensure easy access to the best suppressors. And, at Silencer Shop, a portion of your online purchase supports your favorite gun stores directly. In just 5 minutes, you can have your fingerprints and paperwork ready to go thanks to the Silencer Shop kiosk. There is nothing easier. If you're not using Silencer Shop, you're working too hard for your suppressors. The one-and-done solution for your suppressor needs, ensuring a headache-free purchase. Explore Silencer Shop for your next suppressor edition and immediately open your eyes to a better shooting experience. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're
0: here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: In today's Back of the Brief, we're going to stay on the topic of cybersecurity. South Korean officials are sounding the alarm over North Korean hackers who they're accusing... Of stealing classified information on some of the country's most advanced weaponry, including a state-of-the-art anti-aircraft laser system. The group behind these alleged cyber heists is known as Andaril, identified by the U.S. Department of Treasury in 2019 as a North Korean state-sponsored hacking entity. Andaril has a notorious track record of targeting foreign businesses, government agencies, and especially the defense industry. It's reported that the group accessed data from 14 entities, exploding a massive trove of data from defense and research firms in South Korea. The hackers are said to have siphoned off 1.2 terabytes worth of data, and that's a lot of data, which included sensitive details on advanced anti-aircraft weaponry. The Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency has disclosed that these cyber attackers infiltrated South Korean companies 83 times from December 2022 to March of this year, 2023, utilizing local hosting services to carry out their operations. Now, disturbingly, many of the affected companies didn't even detect the breaches. Others chose to just not report the incidents, fearing that the breaches would damage their reputation. And both of those problems, failure or lengthy delay in detecting breaches within a system, and corporate reluctance. To publicly disclose a breach for fear of reputational or value damage, well, those problems continue to hamper efforts to improve cybersecurity practices. Now, the theft didn't stop at defense secrets. The hackers also looted hundreds of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin, a tactic that's become all too familiar with North Korean hackers. This year alone, North Korea is implicated in the theft of roughly $340 million in cryptocurrencies over just the first three quarters of the year. Currently, there's an ongoing investigation, a joint effort between South Korean authorities and the US Federal Bureau of Investigation to ascertain the full scope of the data compromised. And one other point to note here. Any secrets stolen by North Korean hackers will be shared with both the Chinese and Russian regimes. China is, of course, North Korea's primary benefactor. And, as has been previously reported here on the PDB, Putin and Kim Jong-un have exchanged friendship bracelets during this year based on Putin's need for military hardware support and Kim's desire for Russian weapons technology and assistance. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Friday, 8 December. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.